Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you want Welcome to One Sick B, I am your host One Sick B Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive, we don't whine we wine. Shout out today to Black Girl Magic Wine. Hey. Hey. Shout out to <laughs> Magic Wine. Remember, the definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I am so honored and so blessed with this. Yeah, she is a veteran, first of all. She is a woman of color. She's a woman, a nurse. So I love them. We all and what's so interesting is about her being a nurse is for her to be one sick B with MS. And for her to be a nurse to love people and to have to go through this battle to me stands out even more. Uh, I knew her vibe. When I caught her vibe, it was an essence of glory of a woman who's done fought through some things and is still fighting and is upbeat. So today I want to welcome my guest that I'm honored, Miss Glenda. How are you, Miss Glenda, today? I am great and I'm honored and humbled to be here with you. So thank you. Okay, well, let's get started and see if you like me there with these questions. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm honored to have you. Um, first of all, COVID's been going on. Uh, changes, weather, COVID vaccination. How have you been feeling? Because of COVID, we were in the house. Just uh, how have you been during COVID now that we kind of supposedly withering out? But how do you, how are you and have you got vaccinated? Are you getting vaccinated? I have been vaccinated. I, um, when I was in the military, I was an immunizations nurse. So okay. I don't oh. go by conspiracy theories. I okay. go by what I feel is right for me and my family. And I make, I pray on it and I make my decision from there. So I am vaccinated as far as the, the, the COVID and how it changed for me. It wasn't much of a transition to, uh, to stay inside because that's where I am anyway. So, it, right. or, you know, people were having a uh, shell shock about having to stay inside, but I don't go out unless it's with purpose or for a reason. So I was okay with shutting in. I feel like everything happens for a reason. So I took it as a time to just be still. Yeah. And say be still and wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm. believer. So that's what Jesus believed believe. And, um, so let's get started. Miss Glenda, you have had multiple sclerosis for eight years. Can you first give us a little insight, start us from the beginning, where it began, and um, approximately if you know, uh, if you had any prior symptoms to that, where it, you kind of like, oh, you know, if you can start with your story, I would be honored. Go ahead. Uh, absolutely. I was diagnosed in 2013 after I woke up and half of my body was numb and tingling. 
I thought I was having a stroke because I'm also a telephone triage nurse. So I started thinking I was having a stroke and I knew to take myself to the hospital and not to drive. Um, but prior to that, just to go back a little bit, I was symptomatic since probably four years prior to that. I would wake up, my arm would be numb and tingling, but I took it as I slept on my arm. I would start slipping and like falling, my leg would buckle and I'm like, oh, I'm just clumsy. And being a nurse, when I spoke to the doctors, they would like kind of brush me off. Like you read too much. You think you Doogie Hauser. Um, you find. Now you're now, huh? now yeah, you're exactly. Yes. You don't work here. And they try to minimize how you feel. But because of our history, we are taught. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. I don't need to interrupt. But that's that my question was going to be, do you feel like you were brushed off because of being a minority or of that fact or also Absolutely. because you're a minority? Okay. I think uh, first being a minority, second being a woman, third being a young woman who was a minority. So it was a combination for them. I didn't go in there speaking like, um, I don't know, I just don't feel well. And you know, because I presented myself with confidence, mm -hmm. it kind of, it doesn't make white men feel good. Now you're doing my job, huh? Yeah. That's what they feel. You know, and so you, 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 you go on and because of our history as women of color, we don't even have fatigue and exhaustion. You got to get up and do what you got to do anyway, regardless of how you feel. So we're taught to get up no matter what's going on and keep it pushing. We will pick cotton with slashes on our back so we could definitely go to work with a little numbness in our hands. Who do you think you are, Miss Bessie? Get mm. your ass out there. So that mm. was, I, I, I kept going and it, and it came out you know, five years later when I went to the hospital and that's when I saw the lesions in my brain. And even then, when I first went into the hospital, because all the tests came back negative, they were like, you're clear to go. But thank God that neurologist was like, something ain't right. I think you should stay. And because he said, I should stay, I said, well, if you think I should stay and you got the MD, why am I going home? Get me a room. Thank God for you. Yes. Exactly. So that, exactly. that was that was the start of it. And um my children were five and six years old. And That's at that time my next question. Yes. How did it affect uh how did it affect your uh the kid your kids, uh your kids, your family, the people around you? Uh how did it affect what ways did that change? The kids were so young that I had to try to find a way to explain it to them. Uh, by that time I had left their father. So we are a unit and it's important for me to speak honestly to my children. I don't, I know people who hide their diagnosis from mm -hmm. everybody and God bless them because if I stub my toe, five people going to know about it. So if I got MS, everybody in their mom is going to know too. You yeah. need support. Even if it's, yeah. I'm, I'm a speaker. I like to let people know how I feel. I can't bottle stuff up. It's not for you. I don't need you to hold it. I'm just telling it to you because it's something I need. I can't keep to myself, you know? And so I found a book for the children called 
sometimes MS is yucky, right? But this book was depressing. It was like, sometimes I get to ride in mom's wheelchair. My kids was like, you get in a wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> because my son I mean, was like, they, they wait, 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 everybody wait. jumps straight to Richard Pryor when they hear yeah. MS. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Oh, yes. wait, hold on. My, my daughter's, I need to keep her phone charged. It's okay. But, but um, oh. so as far as dealing with them, if I turn it this way, is it too, yeah, that's too much. But um, the, the children were little. Their father was stationed in D.C. at the time. So when I was in the hospital, they weren't even with me. When they came back home and I explained it to them, I also had a conversation with their father and his right. wife. And the general consensus was, let's work together. If something happens to you, we can all be close by. And I decided to uproot the children and move closer to their father and his wife. Right. It's, it sounds good. It sounds good. But at the same time, people also have this narrative of MS in their head. So it wasn't for niceness that she was like, yeah, come over. It was, oh, she gonna be, she gonna be down soon. We gonna end up with them kids. So you gonna be off child support type of thing. And that's a whole different story, but it's- I understand it what you're saying. It's, where it's people, the perception, the perception yes. and the understanding of people and for them to automatically assume that you're gonna be down more than you're gonna be up. Not that you will have periods of being down. Absolutely. Rising back up. I apologize. Go ahead. I just want no, to say that, but that's, that's it. You are I, I I this is a conversation and, and yeah, it's true. Like people, they ought to, the first thing people say to me, and I don't just go around telling people I have MS, but they right. say, I'm sorry. I'm like, why are you sorry? Right. I get a check and I ain't even go to work no more. I'm sorry for you. You sound like me. I'm sorry that you don't have good parking. I'm sorry that you don't get to get on the plane late. I'm, I mean, I have many apologies for them. I'm sorry. I, I tell my friends in the mall to keep up when they're behind me uh, when I'm scooting through the, the mall. These are my legs. God gave you those good legs, right? Yeah. You to work out some more. Maybe you can work out some more. Yes. But it's, you know, so that's, I'm, I'm grateful because it made me just continue to be strong because when my mm. kids were little, I'm like, I'm going to dance at your wedding. Yeah. Wheelchair wear. Yeah. I'm going to dance at your wedding. Even yeah. if I need one, I'm going to get up and dance yeah. anyway. So you yes. don't have to worry. And as far as other people, I think that in their mind, they were being supportive, but they weren't even doing any research to find out what really are the signs and symptoms. I love that you said that. I love that you said that, that because people think that just being there uh, is fulfilling, it will be fulfilling to you, but you can't fulfill me with you just being there if you're not even educated on anything that I'm going through. And, you know, even if you pick up the book and you don't understand the diagnosis, can you speak up and speak to me about it and ask questions? Let me tell you, I think that People are so full of shit. And let me tell you why. Because right now, they just started handing out 
um, tax money for children, right? People who say that they don't know anything about MS have been Googling, am I, am I going to get a check? What am I, how is, they will look up stuff that's for them. But when it comes to stuff that may help somebody else, they're not going to go and Google about MS, but they will Google about stimulus checks because that's for them, not for you. Mm. I just love how you said it. I knew I was going to enjoy this interview. <laughs> that's the truth. I mean, you, you know, I, I can have better said it myself. I love how you said that. I love how you said that. <laughs> because that, anything that you want, you if your child wanted Yeezys, they will go, mom, you could get a, a star pay. We could do it on such and such. People will mm -hmm. find for something that they want. So I feel like if somebody tells me that they have something, even a common cold or a pink eye, I go look it up just to be like, you know, you could put a warm compress on it. Exactly. Or blah, blah. Oh, girl, but let me Google my, this real quick. Yes. I'm not, I just I, let, let me Google this real quick. Let me see it. Let me see. What'd you say? You told her with your elbow. Do they have any connection? Like maybe you should go. <laughs> Absolutely. So we we do what we want to do. I think that that's a, a a cop out for people, and that's yeah. okay. What you're saying is it's not it's not that important for you. Or you want me to put all the information in your lap, and even when I do, you're not going to read it anyway. So you rather me vomit the signs and symptoms because. I'm better off to you. It's easier to tolerate me when I look like a victim mm -hmm. and when I'm sick. So it's like, they'd rather you be like, I don't feel well. It's hard to walk. I'm not, look it up. I look fine right now. That's how I feel. Mm, period. 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 Well, well, um, so you already answered my question with what advice would you so let's put it, let's turn it this way. How about, I love it, I love it. How about, let's start with the weather. Calm it down and take it back to weather and climate and what's your favorite season and what season do you hate most battling this? I used to be, a, I never really cared for the summer but I appreciate it more after I can't be in the sun for a long time. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I don't, I don't, I was just in Arizona and, mm -hmm. and Vegas, in Vegas and it was, it's dry heat as they say, but I wasn't trying to stay outside and get activated and make right. it worse. So for me, extreme hot weathers, it doesn't oh. work for me. And I try to explain that to people as well who don't yeah. want to do research on their own, why I'm wearing a cooling scarf or whatever, because I can go out, but like anything else, it's balanced. It's a little bit at a time. So yeah. the summer is no longer my favorite season, but I do enjoy it and appreciate it because appreciate I can't. Because yeah. you can't operate it as well as you used to. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Um, have you had to make any... Uh, adjustments far as after you have to use I personally have to use a scooter I got a good 15 steps to me and then I have to use my scooter uh have do you have any assistant devices or have you had to use any assistant devices through this journey I've actually just went to crutches just okay. because I started having issues and arthritis in my knees 
okay. they're trying to figure out. Um, I'm also going to see a rheumatologist because of it. But it started off with them giving me the option of a cane or a crutch because I only needed okay. one crutch. So I was like, okay, cane says elderly, crutch yeah. says injured. So I, I'd, rather be, I'd rather look like the athlete because I was injured. Flying. I know that's right. Put you on a little track suit, put your crutch up under your leg, and hop on like it work like that. We're just getting rehabilitated, man. I know what you're saying. I love it. I'm, you know, but I... I'm not, no, um, my walker is my Cadillac, my, uh, my scooter is my Maserati. And I, so what? Listen, you got to do what you got to do. And so now when I, I went to see the orthopedic doctor this morning, because yeah. I was having more pain than usual. What I'm realizing is that this is my temple. I am the most, I'm, I'm my Birkin bag. And I can't just put anything into this Birkin bag. And if it, you know what I mean? All of that. When yeah. something goes wrong, I am quick to call the doctor because I don't want to go into a flare up. And you know that our body is ignorant and be thinking that somebody else is trying yeah. to attack and things yeah. happen. So to avoid all that, I'd rather be proactive and, and contact the doctor when I need to, because I'm not trying to be out for the count. Yeah. Okay, now this next question that I have for you. What are your strengths and weaknesses? And when I now I'm going to put it in context when I mean your strength and your weakness. Um, my weakness was is losing my vision. That's more of a pet peeve for me than anything else. Uh, what doesn't really phase me might be I can deal, I can lose my, I would rather People who are blind have incredible senses. Being that I wasn't born blind or I hadn't lost my vision from going from fully seeing to not seeing was a weakness, is a weakness for me as far as my journey. And uh, I can do the uh, I can do the Maserati and the Cadillac. So what are your strengths and weakness in that context? And then I'll come back and say, what are your strengths and weakness just in general with the disease? And you can do it all in one, actually, if you want to. I'd rather do it all in one and I tell you why. Yes. I don't look at any of it as weaknesses. And I say that because I used to, I, I, I've had issues with my balance. I had mm -hmm. issues where I lost my vision temporarily. I lost my hearing temporarily. And so what that has done from the beginning of my journey, but especially now, is brought me closer to God, right? So in doing so, Definitely. he doesn't make mistakes. So it's not a weakness, it's just something. And yeah. so I, what, what used to be my strength allegedly was my mouthpiece and my, my passion, right? Yeah. And that, mm -hmm. but now that is the kryptonite, I guess, because anything that, if I'm gonna spaz out, I'm the one who's gonna lose. Mm -hmm. So is, is me letting you have it and letting you know what it is worth me, my ability to walk or hear? No. So what I'm that learning energy. is, yeah, is, is to be quiet, is to be still when things happen, when I lose a sense, when I lose my ability to walk, like right now with my knee, that's just God saying, sat down. Mm -hmm. 
Right. I love how you said that. Uh, when speaking, when you said uh, controlling your mind and controlling your peace, because uh, I just did a post about this yesterday. Uh, somebody had a conversation, and she's only been a nurse for a year, um, and she was trying to tell me what things about my disease was rare and what things that she doesn't know. She might be a nurse, but usually in nursing school, you have a chapter where you have one round of MS, unless you're a specialty nurse. So I kind of felt like I've been through this for 20 years. One thing you're not gonna do is tell me. And everybody's situation is different and everybody goes through different things. So when you said, create keeping your peace, if this hadn't been, 10 years ago, hell, two years ago, I might have clocked out. But one thing that I've gained also through COVID is creating and keeping my peace. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to add something because there is a few of us that have just been entrusted with a responsibility. And this is how I look at it, right? Anybody could look at MS as this tragic, whatever. Right. However, God trusts some of us to tell the story and yes. to encourage others. Yes. And, and so I, I could lay down and cry and be sad and, and remind people, wait, wait, you know, I can't go. I got MS. You know, I can't. Well, you got yeah. Or yeah. I, could, I could stand the F up yeah. and show people who God is through what yes. I'm doing. Yes. It's not a death sentence for me. It mm -hmm. saved my life because I was going in another direction and it made me, because of it, yeah. I realized what was important and what wasn't. As a yeah. registered nurse, I was in the military. And I, I know that you're going to ask these questions anyway about how it affected my career, right? Yeah, so, that was that was coming up. Okay. I kinda, but with my MS, I sometimes, I apologize, sometimes I'll, I'll bounce up like, hold on, let me go back to this. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's the same thing happens. But go ahead. Me. But if you go ahead, I'll rock and roll with you. Go ahead. Yeah. And and uh, so it goes, it, it goes back to even... At my job, I was heading to the top of wherever I was at in the military. I was already at captain, right? 18 years of service in the reserve guard. And as a registered nurse, I was already at step two. I was about to make 100,000, right? But spiritually, I wasn't shit, mm. right? I was just walking around, making money, doing whatever. And so he had to give me a little tap on the shoulder. And it came in the form of MS, right? So I had, I had the ability to stay at my job and be miserable and sit there, or I could use this opportunity that God's given me so that I can do what he, I've already done everything that people wanted me to do. Now I got to do what he wants me to do in my fashion. So I get it when you use language or whatever it doesn't stop who you are in god it's just yeah. language but your heart is right yeah yeah I, girl i definitely get it because um i had a great uh career whatever and uh ms i have been doing taking care of other people mentally physically life work 
and uh, MS will snatch you up and it'll put you, you have to, it, it uh, ignites your superpower because it's a certain type of power that, uh, like you said, God, I love how you said, you know, God entrusted us and he did. And to help others as well, you know, because he didn't put us on the world. If he wanted us by ourselves, he would have put us in the world by ourselves. So he put us in the world and it's some few of us that can stand strong to help the ones who are hard on themselves and pulling themselves down and thinking that this is a death sentence instead of saying, this is a life, this is a life sentence, but in a positive fashion, say like, okay, I'm gonna have this for life. But so since I have this for life, I have to, let me change it around. This is my 20 year anniversary and I couldn't be selfish anymore. I had I, people around me knew it, but I couldn't be selfish anymore because there's so many people out there who are going through this, who can't get out of that dark hole, that dark place, and need to hear my voice, maybe they'll feel warmth, or somebody else like you that's strong and confident and push through and can say those words that we're going to keep going, and then God, I trust, and he trusts in you, and he shall cover you. That was my purpose, and I knew that I had to start this podcast for those people, because if it saves one person's life or if I inspire one person's life, to me, I felt like my job was done. I did something and it, it's a better feeling because Absolutely. we suffer so much. So your goal and your purpose is to run your best race. Yes. And there are times that before now I wasn't doing that. Right. And so with it's such a hair trigger with our specialty because yeah. you go from all right to your leg buckling from under you or you can't see or whatever and right. you can't be a pussy you can't just start crying because you can't walk you gotta if you can't walk you crawl I can't I tell people all the time I'm like I hold hands. So they're like, oh, so we we together. No, I don't want to fall. That's why I hold hands when I walk. <laughs> you could think well, I'm trying to fall in love. I just don't want to fall. I just want to be in my backwards. Like you for a little, you know. <laughs> Calm you down, killer. It's not that. So with that being said, here's another question. You are a woman of color. Beautiful, my you guys can't see her because of course this is a podcast, but she's a beautiful woman of color. Like I said, did you hear her credentials? She has been in the military, she's retired. How is being a single black female with multiple sclerosis and dating because you are a very strong woman and you have to be 10 times stronger with this? That is intimidating because. Some people are intimidated. So how is the dating life or relationship? You know, I know you said you were married before, but after that dating, uh, what are your, what, what, if you can give me just a little insight for people who also carry this diagnosis and they're single. Mm-hmm. For me, um, dating is, 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 it sucks, but it sucks for everybody. But I think especially for me, I respect 
my body, right? And it is very sensitive. So I could be somewhere with you. Are you prepared if A, B, and C happens to me? And if not, if you just want to be seen with me while I look good, then I can't deal with you because how about if I can't get to the bathroom fast enough? My bladder, I got to pee all the time. I was out with my girl one time and because I had to use the bathroom so much, she was like, yo, are you doing coke? Because I kept going into the bathroom. I'm like, bitch, I got to pee. My bladder is bad. And no, and that, I'm, I'm, I, I get it. I get it. Like I can run to the bathroom. Then 10 minutes later, be like, hold on. Yeah, because you're not sure. And sometimes yeah. it's just the feeling and somebody who's with you have to understand that. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have to use it. But yeah. if you need to be with somebody who's strong enough. Go ahead, babe. You, you want me to walk with you there or what's going on? Right. Not to be like, damn, we just used the bathroom five minutes ago. You need to use it again. I'm looking for my other pen. But yeah, like doing all that. So I'm very mindful because for the longest, I felt like I don't have to tell my diagnosis to people, right? Because right. it's mine. But at the same time, because I'm very transparent and just honest to my core, I yeah. need you to know this is what it is because yeah. I'm 45. I'm not just dating just because I want some fucking ice cream from you. So if you don't, if you can't deal with me possibly taking a shit, it doesn't matter if you think I'm the shit. What's the difference? That right there. That <laughs> right there. Yeah, that right there. And to have enough confidence. Now, this is the thing that I love about you. Um, you are so confident and so appealing. So people are going through this battle. What type of things or what? We know we say God is the head of all. With God, what do you also use to keep you so grounded and so positive? And so this is my journey. And hey, if you can't deal with this just as a person, because being a woman, even with friendships with this with this battle, mm -hmm. uh, and people sometimes don't have friends because of this situation. So what advice and what do you use to keep yourself grounded and so positive? It definitely starts with love of self. Um, and it took me a minute to get here. I'm not going to say like I'm this. I, I was always walking like oh. Diana Ross. I'm coming out. It wasn't like that. <laughs> but you realize, especially going through the journey as you see people around you and they start to drop off like flies. I don't have all the friends I had eight years ago. And even with the men like, I had, I was dating one guy and he thought he could handle it, but there's periods of depression. There's periods where I can't walk. And then it's like, that's when they want to make it about them. And, mm. and if you don't understand the concept of the different symptoms that may happen, you're not going to get me because you're just going to think that I'm just spazzing for nothing. So going back to the being confident, you have to be able to stand alone because there will be times where it's just you. So you have to speak to yourself. Girl, I love you. 
girl, get up. You know, there's been times that I've drove myself to the hospital during exacerbations because nobody else lived around here. But I got there. Your will to live got to be greater than anything else. You got to believe that God put you here for a purpose. And regardless, you're going to have battles. Shit's going to happen. But you got to get back up. So that's what, for me, they, they can't, there's no, can't say die on my arm, right? One of the tattoos that I have says Talitha Kuam. And that is what Jesus said to the 12-year-old girl who family thought she was dead. So, you know, they was like, never mind, she's dead. And he was like, nah. And he went in there, he closed the door and he said to her, Talitha Kuam. And she got up and started serving. So a lot of times people thought that they left me for dead, but God always says, get up. And I do. Mm. So that's what pushes me. I, there's no way that I came on this earth to not encourage somebody to, to be better than who they were. So one of the other things that I like to hula hoop, I like to plant, I like to write, I like to listen to music and, you know, and I'm also a cannabis user. And I think that it's helped me because I'm not as anxious and a lot of people have not gotten cursed out because of it. Just saying. I'm just saying that I understand that in, in my world, I believe it has saved some lives too, just because I'm too good in a place where I just can't even let you roll off or I'm not even, you know what, let me just go relax because yeah. you, you're not, you're not helping me relax. So let me do something that's going. And if I wasn't relaxed, my nerves is so bad. And my thought process is so jagged. And with sometimes, like you said, emotions that we go through that we can't control because of MS symptoms, I don't know what to say. So, and I, I tell people, I tell, yo, I'm like, I'm diagnosed and I'm not talking about MS. I'm talking mental health. Please don't play with me. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, I'm playing crazy. I, yeah. Like there's certain things. And as you get older, your tolerance is less because I know I'm on a different clock than y'all. At any point I could stop walking at any point. I don't remember. Sometimes I'll be driving and I'll say, where the fuck am I? People don't understand none of that because all they see is the happy-go-lucky you. And I'm grateful to be able to represent God in that fashion in which I'm not dragging on the floor. But please believe that there's a story and, and there's things that happen to us too. We are just super blessed to be able to still get up. It's not easy. It is not easy, but I'm grateful because it's humbled me, right? And I... I take joy in what's around me. And if it serves me no purpose, then I don't want to be there either. I'm not here to convince you that I'm great. We're not doing that. That's a waste of time and energy. What you said, what you said, definitely. I, it's a waste of time and energy. Yes. And, and we don't have, can't convince it's me. precious, it's precious. People are going to believe what they want to believe, how they want to believe, whatever they want to believe. And once we give up the notion of giving zero fucks about what somebody else says, it will help you be more successful in life. And I 
realized that also um, this that's like when you said this battle has taught me is that I've been so much time by myself battling this battle that nothing or no one will be as heavy as this battle. Nothing, no one, no relationship, no nothing will be as heavy as this battle. Because this battle right here is heavy enough. That's listen, yeah. I have gotten to the because of it. Can't nobody tell me shit. If you have not done 20 years in the military, if you have not had to fight for your life, if you haven't had to drive with one eye, if you haven't had to drive, then you can't say nothing about nothing to me. Nothing. And I've, I've just gotten there. I turned 45 on Monday, on the 5th. And it's like, I am wrong. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Right now. But you realize, like, wait a minute, like you said, this battle is hard enough and you have to fight it by yourself because people, I remember there will be times when, if you need something, call me, girl. If you need something, call me, girl. You're like, can you call me to the doctor on Tuesday? Oh, uh, what else? Don't, don't, please don't do that because they say it, but they don't mean it. They say it with their mouths, but their hearts is like, please don't call me, bitch. I hope this bitch don't call me. I really don't want to take it to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I call, it's so funny you said that because I call MS, well, I say it's a family. That's how I, I got jumped 20 years ago by a family uh, called MS, but I also call MS. She's a uh, multiple person has been called this bitch throughout, um, my whole journey. She's been called this bitch. And I always say in my relationship, I always say, you know, it's me, my husband, and this bitch. And I did a post about it. And everybody went crazy because people like drama and negativity. So they thought, like, oh my God. So our husband, she and I are, or who is that bitch, right? They want to know. And then I said at the end of the story, this bitch is multiple scrolls like that. Mm-hmm. And that was a dedication post to them for the anniversary. So, like you said, we have bigger battles than this. Um, so you have to keep on fighting. I love um, your military background, immunizations, being a nurse, and we get treatment and care. What do you feel as a minority woman that how should people go about or attack their health? I'm a true believer, and you have to speak up for yourself. But being a nurse. What is some advice that you can give to my listeners who they're going through these things or they have questions and they don't know how to approach it? You being a nurse, uh, some ways that they can approach it or if they're concerned and they're, you know, this is something that's running through their mind. How can they approach it? Sorry, my mind. You know, I would say the biggest thing, the biggest things is to document, right? Even for yourself, if you start to feel things are different. Your eyes, your vision is changing or your gait is changing or whatever. You have to start writing stuff down because when you go to the doctor, you have to come confidently. You can't sound like, I think it was like once or twice that I couldn't see because they want specifics so that yeah. they can help you out. And when yeah. we go and act like we can't speak to the doctor because we don't have the lingo, it doesn't matter to you six-year-old words. It seems yeah. cloudy. It's yes. cloudy, but you yeah. got to speak up. A lot yeah. of times 
we're scared again going back to the whole slavery and the whole suck it up like you complain what now if something's wrong say something you have to document because at the end of if something is really wrong with you and you do have ms or this bitch you're going to need to make sure that paperwork is in order because you're going to have to fight for everything that you get because it's autoimmune and they can't see you're not a diabetic in a wheelchair or you haven't lost a leg. So they're like, you look like you could still work. You skip yeah, invisible illness. Yeah. Invisible illness. And I think being a minority and being a woman, uh, I feel like we are in at times I've been to work at the most horrible feeling like trash. And instead of us saying we need to take off because we're not feeling good, we're coming in. So when we do take off, they're like, well, she can't be doing that bad, but you don't know how I feel that Absolutely. day. And, and so the other part is to be, again, confident in what you feel. Don't let what other people have to say. There was a lot of times that I rushed back to work because I didn't want to seem weak or I was giving people more work. So I will only take off two weeks when yeah. I'm just yeah. did all, yeah. you know, I just finished doing salumandrol, doing these and high doses of steroids and, and rushing back to work because of the, the perception. Yeah. So you really have to be, conf again, confident and direct. And you have to, if the first doctor doesn't listen to you, sometimes you need a second opinion, but you know how you feel. So you have to be your best and biggest advocate. And that's what we don't do. You see our mothers and grandmothers, what, what, what pill they gave you grandma? I don't know, but the doctor said I need it. Right. What? You yeah. have to, you have to research because there's so many different facets of this disease and you know, a medication that could help you could kill me because of yeah. a variant that I have. I have yeah. uh, VS, whatever. So there's yeah. certain medications I can't take because they could give me a brain tumor and kill me. Very good. I agree. I agree. That's what I said. Sometimes you have to be honest. And, you know, coming in, I did that, go into work, have a flare, go right back and you're still down and you really need to take the time off. And so they see, they don't see that. And you you, uh, you think of everybody else, it, that just comes back to we always still are selfless because we're thinking of others. We're thinking of others are gonna be affected with our workload. We're affected, you know, we don't take time to say, hey, if I don't get me together, hell, I won't be here for my kids. I won't be here for my family. The things that are important, the things that really count. And it, believe me to people who are listening, it took me a while to get to that point because I still was, at the end of the day, I got to make sure my kids eat. At the end of the day, this, I am, you know, all those type of things. But damn, if I don't take care of me, I won't have a job that I won't be able to feed my kids. That way, being who's going to be there for these people after that? The biggest uh, comparison that I could think of is when you're on a plane and they tell you, even if you're with your baby, to put your mask on first. And it's the same thing that we have to do for ourselves. We are, we give everybody a pass except ourselves. Like you said, we, the baby, and they're not even babies. They be 14 yeah. and I got to make yeah. him a sandwich. I, I got to do this. And then you don't even, I'm, 
it was before we spoke, you said, I'm going to go take a nap. And we have to do those things. You have to treat yourself like your own baby because nobody else is going to do it for you. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I have. Exactly. I definitely, uh, like you said, it does not matter the age of your kids because when you have kids, regardless, you're a mom at the end of the day. And I know having raising kids and battling this disease with them, I put my kids up. 95% 95% of the time I put my kids in front of me. So now that they're older, I have to not feel bad or I, I made a post called unapologetic, fearfully unapologetic. Uh, I have to be unapologetic for the things that are out of my control. So it says, please live fearless and be apologetic. Don't be apologetic for things that are out of your control. And uh, when I'm not feeling good or if I know I've even as a mom, you're grown and I got to run and do something for you or take you. I have to say to myself, I need 30 minutes to an hour so I can recover. And give yourself permission to say, hey, right now I need to block out. I need a power nap. I need just to get, especially uh, a lot of times with my cognitive, uh, later in the afternoon, my cognitive, I'll try to get my words out. I've noticed that. And so I try to sit back and take a nap, do a little meditation and reset. Yes. Right before we got on, I meditated because, yes. you know, we, we have to be kind to what we are yes. the, the group of people that are the nastiest to ourselves. Yes. We do not, we do not play nice with ourselves. We give everybody else a pass. Yes. Miss Millie, you could, you could go before me. Oh, let yeah. me but when it comes to you, you will not lay down because stuff needs to be done. And like you said, at this point, I really try to put me first and I love people. God took me out of the hospital before COVID because he knew that I love to hug patients. Yeah. Make them feel warm. Yes. So we gotta, we gotta be kind to ourselves for real. Yeah, that, that, that is, that was some great advice. Um, I just would like to say, this is my favorite part of my podcast, um, your interview, I was smiling through the whole interview, your words, um, you were very, could articulate very well. Sometimes I get caught up in my words, but your energy, your words of encouragement, the power of who you are was the reason why I reached out to you. Um, You are a woman who is amazing. You are powerful. You are uh, remarkable. You are phenomenal. And with that being said, this is my favorite part of my podcast where I get to certify you one sick bee. The definition, Glenda, of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at them without warning. But you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. So I, one sick bee, want to certify you as one sick bee. And I also like to thank you, Glenda, for coming on my podcast, for being open for using your voice, for being a woman of color who's articulate and can explain and break it down and very educated enough to know and also wise enough to give out advice that people can use on a daily basis. Rather, you have an education, you don't have an education, uh, whatever your religious belief is not, it, that's okay. We got worshipers over here. So to put the power of God and to say his name within this, uh, I loved it and I enjoyed it. So I appreciate you, Glenda, being my guest. And I was honored. And thank you for coming on One Sick Beat.
thank you. Uh, can I say something? Yes. I would love to say that what you do is so important for our culture. And when I say our culture, I'm talking about women of color, people who are trying to just overcome and define the odds no matter what. So thank you for what you do. And I am blessed. I am I'm happy to be certified. I am Glenda and I am now one sick B. Man, thank you. And to our kings and queens watching and listening, oh, excuse me, listening, uh, thank you guys. And remember, uh, you can follow one sick B podcast on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And Glenda, can you give out your information of where they can find you at on your, um, on your webpage, uh, excuse me, on your Instagram? Yes, my Instagram is at Glendita 2.0 at Instagram. And yeah, also yeah. Uh, we have a program called Operation Smile and the link will be on when you, they come on my Instagram. And what's Operation Smile about? Operation Smile is a nonprofit for young ladies in which we provide resources in the community and try to just encourage our young ladies to be the best who they can be to see more in life everywhere. Operation Smile. Okay, now y'all. I didn't, I, do you see how amazing this woman is? And see what a blessing it was for me to do this interview because there's some young girl who might be going through and not even have MS with just life and that she can get in contact with. This is amazing woman, amazing woman. Uh, everyone have a blessed day and thank you for listening to One Sick Bee Podcast. Know you question life a couple times, but it's okay you wrong. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt it to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war Every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war